Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. We have reached the Major League Baseball All-Star break with your Tampa Bay Rays at 51 and 41. And right now, the number one wildcard team in the American League. All that's the good news. However, more bad news. What's another game or another series, for that matter, without an injury? This time, Harold Ramirez takes a, a pitch, I guess, uh, off his thumb, he break his thumb, right, Steve? Yes, fractured his thumb. Would be reevaluated in two weeks to see how it's healing. But they also added what Jalen Beeks went to the IL yeah. over the weekend. Uh, you move Kevin Kiermaier now the sixty day IL, mm-hmm. which he may have played his last game as a Tampa Bay Ray. Admittedly, I yeah. mean that's. I mean at this point, he can't come back to early September. Uh, he's got an option year for next year at thirteen million dollars. I cannot see the Rays executing that. Now, there was a buyout. They, now, they may negotiate a lower deal for him for another year or two. But we'll see. But, yeah, the Rays' injuries keep mounting, but the wins keep popping. I mean, they took six out of seven on this homestand, including yeah, a four-game sweep of the Red Sox, who, ooh, they're struggling right now. Yeah, they are. They went into New York after that and got beat up. And then did you see Chris Sale's finger? I uh, got mangled, right? A you know, line drive yeah. at 106 miles an hour back to him. Broke mm. his pinky. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good. They've had they've had some some bad luck, especially in the American League East. The Yankees own them, obviously, but they haven't beaten anybody in the East. But yeah, the Orioles. You know, aside from what kind of was one that got away in the extra inning game on Saturday night, um, mm-hmm. they they played a pretty good series. I mean, they were up six to nothing on Sunday. They hung on to win uh, what seven to five, I think. Um, but uh, more good, uh, obviously more good pitching over the weekend by Shane McClanahan, by Corey Kubler, uh, Kluber, especially mm-hmm. on uh, on Sunday. Pete Fairbanks uh, was, was back on Sunday, which was good Fairbank, to see. Early on, he gave up some some big bombs, but he settled down and he was okay. So, yeah, they're starting to get – but, you know, and then the other thing, Brandon Lau. Mm-hmm. Welcome back, Brandon Lau. Uh, four for four, I think, on Sunday, where he got four hits yeah. on Sunday. He was- got a couple hits in his first game back. He, he I, I thought it was great. He comes up for the first time, and they got the shift on, and he just lays down a bunt for a base hit. Love it. Uh, in, in his first at-bat back. So he's been working on some stuff down there in Durham. But, yeah, I mean, it's He was on base, what, seven times in the two games. Yeah. Scored on two wild pitches on Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> Which was crazy yeah. that same player scored on a wild pitch twice. Twice, yeah, in his, in his first couple games back. So, obviously, he's going to help them. But then you lose Ramirez, who has been their best hitter, you know, from an average standpoint. Um, with Margot out now, and just so many guys, man, on the on the IL, it's just incredible that they are able to be ten games over five hundred at this point. They're uh, what ninety two games into the season, so there's do the math here seventy, 70 games go. left. Yep, yeah. So uh, seventy games left, and they have a, a couple game, at least two two and a half game lead uh, uh, in in the wild card. Which no, they, they have, have right a half now. game lead in the wild card. Oh, just a half? Over Seattle, who's won 14 in a row. Woo! 
Now think about okay. that. Seattle's won 14 in a row just to get within a half game of the top wild card. They would they be second wild card if the playoffs started today. Toronto would be the third wild card. Boston is out of the playoffs if it started today. Yeah. Yeah, they just they just kind of going back and forth this whole this whole time in the American League East, but listen, I you just look at the 18, 19, I don't know what what we're up to. It was 16 going into the weekend and then of course you mentioned Beeks and and, and uh, some of the other guys like Ramirez, so Whatever they're up to, it's not good. Um, and and to to accomplish what they have, to be ten games over five hundred with this group, with the hope of getting some players back and some significant players at that, uh, might obviously Wander's going to be probably one of the longest. But um, if you were able to get to the end of September, October, and be in the wild card race, uh, and with and the pitching holds up the way it has, uh, you know, I, I'd feel pretty good about about what they're going to put out there. Um, but so far, I don't know what more you could have asked of this team than to win, you know, 51 out of 92 games. I mean, I think I think they played about as good as they can given all their injuries. We'll continue with the race here in just a minute. But, folks, I wanted to tell you about May Electric Solar. They're a family-owned and operated uh, business that's been installing solar electric systems for 12 years. Now, in a field where there's many fly-by-night companies, May Electric Solar is committed to you for the long term. They guarantee their workmanship with a 30-year labor and service warranty. Plus, with every installation, you get $750 worth of, worth of surge protection for all your appliances. Now, that's the May way. Now, you can visit their Hudson showroom. May Electric displays all of its products and conducts on-site testing so you see exactly what they'll install. Plus, this is important. They don't use subcontractors, so you know exactly who is doing the job. Start saving today and call the solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 to schedule a free estimate. You can lower your electric bill all year long, uh, and you can improve your quality of life. More than that, you can improve the quality of all of your appliances as well. That's May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862. You know, Mark Topkin over the weekend, we'll get into this, uh, you know, asked sort of an all-star break question about your most valuable Ray, um, you know, most disappointing injured version, non-injured version, all of that. One of the names that's going to be on one of those lists is probably Brett Phillips, just because he's been in just such a horrific slump offensively. Now, he's done some things on defense, obviously, that has helped them. Uh, but congratulations to him on Sunday. He had a three-run home run in the third inning. It was his first home run since May 17th. Uh, with 41 games and 102 at-bats in between. And given the fact that, you know, he's batting 147 and he was four out of his last 50. Uh, Still does say, not have a hit against a left-handed batter all year. Against a left-handed pitcher? pitcher? Yeah. yeah. Right, right. And he's and he's had to play way too much because of the injuries mm-hmm. to Kiermaier and others. Um, but he, you know, he's almost, I mean, I want to say like he's the mascot in a sense. I mean, he's a local kid that, can do a lot of things for you. He can run the bases, obviously. Still had one of the biggest hits in Rays history uh, in the World Series in Game 5, that crazy game that the Rays came back and won. Um, and I can't imagine like them parting ways with Brett Phillips. I'm sure there will be a day that they do that. Um, but as Kevin Cash says, like he wears his heart on his sleeve. Like You know it's killing him uh, to have kind of the offensive year that he's had with just a lot of strikeouts, too, a lot of swing mm-hmm. and miss. Boy, did that one feel good to help give them like a six six to nothing cushion, a big three run bomb. Well, think about this out. though: had Ra- Rodney Lenaris not sent Randy Rosarina the play before, got or thrown two out, two right? plays before, got thrown yeah. out easily at home. Yeah, had he held a Rosarina there, 
That would have been another grand slam for Brett Phillips. That's right. That's right. <laughs> I mean, and, and we know we had, what, three in like a week and a half last season. And that would have been another one. I mean, you know, obviously things could have changed. The, maybe the next batter didn't walk before Brett Phillips, et cetera, had Rodney yeah, still yeah. Been, or Randy still been on third. But you can have some fun with it because the batter walked and then fill up the home run that it would have been a grand slam. Yeah, the guys, uh, Dwayne Stats and, and B.A., Brian Anderson, some of the guys were talking about how Lenores sent a Rosarena who got thrown out fairly easily. He didn't slide, by the way, but, okay, that's neither here nor there. Um, but <laughs> what they said, it's like, okay, yeah, Lenores waved him in, but here's the thing. You weren't going to stop the guy. <laughs> he was going to try to score anyway. We were so. kind of joking about that, that maybe Lenores <laughs> just sent him knowing that he wasn't going to stop, so I'll just I'll cover up for him. Right, exactly. <laughs> I'll put this one on me when you get thrown out by 16 feet. Um, but, yeah, so uh, that that was obviously a big hit. I did like Brett Phillips putting down two sack bunts over the weekend. I love that. I love that. Guys yeah, struggling at the plate. There were mm-hmm. good opportunities and in extra innings when you're playing for one run. You got the runner on second there. Put that bunt yep. down. I love it. Yeah. It, bunting is a lost art, but Phillips was able to do it. We saw uh, Brandon Lau do it for a base hit. But, yeah, I – it's not a bad play, especially if you're, you know, looking for just one run, and they were looking to tie the game after I think the Orioles had scored one in the in the top of the tenth. But um, to get that runner down to third base with less than two out, and then I think it was G-Man Choi that delivered uh, after that. But uh, yeah, it's a good play because otherwise, you know, if you get swing and miss out there, you've not had a productive out. But at least this way, you get them over, get them in, and then wild pitch, anything can score them. So. That was big. Uh, pretty good weekend, I guess, for Randy. Uh, not, not getting thrown out, notwithstanding at home plate. But well, he owns the Orioles. He destroys them. Like, and it's not, it's not a small sample size. Thirty games, right? and he's batting close to four hundred with something like thirteen he, home runs. He's had like a hundred and twenty at bats against them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they they can't get him out. He he loves and it doesn't seem to matter where they play him, but he loves yep. he loves him some more. And they're going to Baltimore after the break. I think they go to Kansas City then Baltimore. So yeah, so they can keep it going. The, the Orioles have you know, they came in having won I think ten in a row, something like that. They did, yeah. Uh, so to, so to take two out of three against a, a pretty hot team, their mm-hmm. pitching has obviously gotten much better. And uh, Look, they got, the, they the AL almost, East at the All Star break has five teams. All five teams are five hundred or better. That's crazy. The Orioles are five hundred in last place. Yeah. But all five teams in the AL East at the All-Star break, 500 or better. Incredible. Not good enough for the Toronto Blue Jays, though. They fire their manager. Yeah, former Rays uh, assistant Charlie Montoya. Mm-hmm. They replace him with their bench coach, which I've always thought was very interesting because, to me, if you if you hire the guy who's already on the bench standing next to Charlie Montoya, if he had the answers, why didn't he tell Charlie if he was standing right next to him all that time, it just doesn't make sense to me. It's like, wait a minute. Well, so he I, knew I what to do. I think generally it's more, it, when that happens, it's more about the general manager and the manager aren't on the same page. Gotcha. Okay. I, that's generally the way I read that. Because you're right. I mean, if he's on the bench, shouldn't, wouldn't shouldn't that have already happened? But if the manager and the general manager aren't seeing eye to eye on whatever decisions in the game, lineups, up, what, yeah, whatever it go. is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. At that point, it's we need to make a change because I need someone in there that sees the same way I do. That's how I there, read that. Uh, I, that makes sense to me. I, I think there was a just, uh, I mean, a ton of expectations on the Blue Jays, right? Many, many people picked them to win 
the American League East. And, of course, mm-hmm. nobody probably counted on the Yankees staying healthy as long as they have throughout the entire first half. And that certainly changed things. But I just think it was maybe a little bit too much too soon uh, to expect Toronto to be the king of, of that, that division. It's a very tough division, obviously, and everybody's kind of knocked each other off. But um, but like you said, to your point, I mean, you have every team 500 or better. Uh, that just doesn't happen in baseball. And they're beating each other up because they're playing each other predominantly, but obviously having success against teams outside of their division. So, look, I people ask me, that, you know, Kevin Cash, you saw it. All I can say is he keeps he keeps making the lineup with the guys he has, and they keep going out there and playing their butts off and winning games. And you know, to me, um, if you were to get more of your players back, and you know, the pitching were to maintain its certain level that it has now, um, I promise you, nobody and they're going to wind up playing probably an American League East team. Nobody's going to want to play the Rays. And you know, then you'll see in the postseason, you know, who who hits because that's been the big thing for them. You know. Franco, it obviously didn't bother. Rosarena's been great in the postseason. You need to drag more guys along. I'm talking about you, Brandon Lau. Uh, Josh Lowe starting to swing a good bat all of a sudden. Not play a great outfield, but starting to swing a good bat. I, I think you got a couple things. With Josh, and, and the defense was a little shaky over the weekend at times. But with Josh and Taylor Walls, and you and I were talking about this before the, the we started recording. One of the benefits, uh, there's, there's no benefit to Wander Franco being hurt. Right. But a positive consequence of that is Taylor Walls gets to play every day at the position he's the most comfortable at. And he's mm-hmm. the best defensive player, infielder in this organization, is what everyone has told us. He now gets to play shortstop every day at the big league level. Not yeah. second base today, on the bench tomorrow, third base the day after, come in as a late inning replacement at second again tonight tomorrow then play shortstop then on the bench he's playing the position he's most comfortable at every day right and you're seeing the de- the defense be more consistent from him he had lots of errors earlier this year mhm and when the defense settles down when you're supposed to be the best defensive infielder in this organization confidence grows which helps mm-hmm. you at the plate and i think he's looked better at the plate hit a home run but even his no at-bats, he's hitting it in the air a lot, as you and I discussed. But yeah. the at-bats are more confident. He's swinging a better bat. Mm-hmm. I think you're seeing some of that with Josh Lowe now, too. He's playing more every day. He has right. to. Right. You know, Kiermaier and Margot are both out probably for the season. Mm-hmm. So Josh Lowe has to play a lot. Now we got Harold Ramirez even out, too. That by playing every day, it just gives you more – you're not looking over your – Shoulder, you're not sitting there thinking, am I playing today? Am I on the bench? If I make a mistake, am I going to be benched tomorrow? None of that. You just Now you're just playing baseball. And I think, I think it's helping Josh Lowe when you're seeing his at-bats get more comfortable and he's having better swings. You know, and, and so I, I think, you know, I, look, for Josh at the beginning of the year, he, was, he, was, he made the open day roster and they talked about, Oh, they traded Austin Meadows. Traded Austin Meadows. We think this guy's an all-star. They weren't talking this year, but potential and his ceiling Mm -hmm. and and this. And there's a lot of pressure with that. And he struggled early. And then it kind of steamrolled, and they sent him back to Durham. And he even struggled a little bit when he got back to Durham at first. And then he got his confidence back and and started hitting better and playing playing better baseball. And now he's back up here. But playing every day is going to help him. And, and, you know, now – 
the defense was a little shaky, and him and Araza Reina have had some issues, or you know, almost collided on the one play. And, and, and it was better that they pulled off and let the ball drop than hit each other. But you know, he's the center fielder; he's got to take charge there. He's got to take charge, and Araza Reina has to has to learn to work with him. And, he, and Randy has done that to Kiermaier a few times, except I think now he realizes Kiermaier's going to run over him if he tries to take away <laughs> some of the balls in left center. But yeah, Josh. Um, you know, he pulled up a little bit on, on the one, and, and they had kind of back-to-back sort of misplays out there where he didn't track one and the other one he, he thought he was mm-hmm. going to have a collision. So that, But I, I agree with you. I think the hardest thing to do, and, and first of all, it, I was saying this to my wife the other day, like it, it's stupid hard. Like people, if you've not attempted, like we're, we're spectators, right? I go to a concert, and I want to see, you know, whoever I'm, whoever's playing. If it's boys to men, I want them to play all their hits, right? Whatever it is, right? Like I... You know, um, but I don't know. I don't know how hard that is. Like, I don't know music. I don't. I just want to see a good performance. The thing is, it is so incredibly hard to make it to the big leagues. And then you have all the talent, but you have to you have to adjust and and become comfortable and confident. And the hardest thing to do is typically when you go there, when you're called up, it's not as an everyday player. Like. You know, there are some guys like, okay, Juan or Franco, when we bring him up, we want him to be our everyday shortstop, fine, right? But that's not usually the path for most most guys, okay? Most guys come up, and they're not going to play every day. And so that just compounds the pressure and the lack of reps and just getting comfortable because you're not in the lineup every day, and you feel like, okay, I got to produce. Like, I'm, I might not play for two more days, or I might, you know, pinch run, or I might, you know, so... You know, I think I think that just builds. And then defensively, let me tell you, <clears throat> uh, the difference between the left side and the right side of the infield is pretty much night and day. Like the angle of the throw, totally different, okay? Uh, the time you have to get rid of the ball, also different. You know, it's just different, man. And if you're worried about your defense because – I've seen it go the other way where guys are swinging the bat. They're having a tough time swinging the bat. Sometimes they'll take that out in the field. Sometimes they'll take it out in the field. They'll, have, they'll be thinking about hitting. They'll have a lapse defensively. And now, all of a sudden, you're in a fielding slump. It can work the other way, too, you know, where, where guys, you know, aren't playing very good defense, and then they struggle at the plate because they're just trying to contribute any way they can. And so you're exactly right. that The idea that he knows I'm playing shortstop, which is his natural position, and they're going to leave me here because Wander's out – I think removes the pressure on defense for him. He knows he's a good defensive player, right? But you're playing second, you're playing third. Those are totally different positions. And even though they're infield positions, trust me, the throw, everything is different, right? The timing, how quick you got to get rid of the ball, the angles. And if you're not having to worry about that and you can just focus on relaxing, playing defense, then going up there and focus on your offense, obviously you're going to have a much better time because it's all baseball is such a failure sport that you know the the best player is gonna gonna get out seven out of ten times, but you you know you've seen them sort of you know really struggle with those roles, and I think playing every day, knowing they're gonna play every day, uh, that's really what they need at this point. And and you know they've come around, they've been productive. So let's see if they can keep it going. Unfortunately, the All Star break comes, and you're gonna lose a little bit of a little bit of momentum there. But I think they all need a rest. So. That'll do him good as well, and hopefully get some guys back healthy. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. So there were some changes since we last spoke. We had a mailbag on Friday's podcast. The Tampa Bay Lightning have made some changes, some additions, and obviously some subtractions as well. Well, the free agency hit in the NHL last Wednesday. Right. And in full disclosure, we had taped that mailbag Wednesday morning, which is why That's we correct. did not discuss the Lightning's moves. So as expected, Andre Pilat is no longer on the Tampa Bay Lightning. He signs a... It was at a five-year deal in New Jersey for $6 million a year. $6 million a year for the Devils, yeah. So that's a $700,000 raise from what he was making the last contract with the, the Lightning per year. Lightning, and from what I hear, and I don't know if this is true, but like the Lightning were in it, but it wasn't as much as New Jersey. I think they were around $5 million a year. Mm-hmm. And you can't begrudge a guy for taking an extra million guaranteed for the next six years. And I don't know if they were giving a five-year term to him either. That's true. That's true. Fair. Um, mm-hmm. and, and we've talked about the Lightning's salary cap issues is less about this season mm-hmm. and more about two years and three years and four years from now. Point being is they have a lot of restricted free agents they need to sign. Right. Well, Julian Breezeball signed the three biggest ones on day one of free agency. Now, their contracts do. don't kick in this season. They kick in uh, starting in the 2023-24 season. But Mikhail Sergachev will be the highest-paid defenseman on the Lightning in, in two seasons. He'll make more than Victor Hedman. He signs an eight-year deal at $8.5 million a year. The same contract Steven Stamko signed back in 2016. Wow, think about that. Tony Sorelli gets an eight-year deal at 6.2-something, 6.25, somewhere in that range, million. And Eric Chernak signs an eight-year deal at $5.2 million. So now the Lightning have cost certainty for their three the three biggest restricted free agents for a year from now. Mm-hmm. They know what they're going to pay Sergachev, Sorelli, and Chernak now. So now they can start planning other things appropriately. So, And Ross Colton will still be a restricted free agent at that time. They'll have to sign him. But they know Alex Kalorn's contract comes off the books at that time. He'll be a free agent at the end of next season. So the Lightning now can start figuring out what the long-term plan is, too. They also signed a couple players on free agency. Defenseman Ian Cole, who was with the Hurricanes last year, a right-hand shot defenseman that they, they needed because – or, I'm sorry, left-hand shot defenseman because they only – it's amazing. This organization has always had problems finding right-hand shot defensemen. They trade Ryan McDonough, and all of a sudden they had two left-handed shot defensemen, <laughs> Hedman and Sergachev. So – Right. Uh, so Ian Cole comes in to play left-hand shot defenseman. They also signed Hayden Flurry to a two-year contract. He's at uh, close to the minimum, 762000 uh, He's a defenseman, probably will spend some time at Syracuse this year, most likely will start at Syracuse this year. And then they bring back a familiar face among the forward group, Vladislav Nemestikov comes Nemestikov, back. Nemestikov, yeah. yeah. So he's obviously he's a versatile center. Mm-hmm. We know he can play with the top six, but he can also play in the bottom six role. 
He can play center. He can play wing. He knows the Lightning. He knows many of the players. He knows the coaches. He knows their systems. So this is a, you know, it was actually a, a move that was potentially rumored at the trade deadline last year if the Lightning was looking to add forwards. Now they added Nick Paul and Brendan Hagel instead. Right. But there was some talk, could Vladislav Nemestikov be a fit in Tampa Bay, knowing they needed some versatility. So I think it's a good signing. It's a one-year contract. Um, and because of his familiarity with the team and a lot of the players, I think that it's an easy transition in. And we know how versatile he is, where you can kind of move him up and down the lineup as you need, much like you can Brendan Hagel, much like you can Nick Paul, much like you can Ross Colton. I mean, you've got a lot of guys now that you can slot up and down, which gives which gives John Cooper and his coaching staff a lot of versatility. Yeah, they did they did Nick Paul early on, and he was going to be a free agent. I thought that was a huge signing. Mm-hmm. They're not going away, Steve. I mean, this this team still its core is intact, and now its younger part of its core is intact for seven, eight years. So there's no reason to expect that. You know, obviously with their goaltender uh, Vasilevsky, with with you know Kucherov and and Stamkos still, um, Victor Hedman, and all those guys that we just mentioned, this team is going to be picked to to be at or near the top, I would think, uh, in their division and make the playoffs, and then you know what happens when they get in the postseason. Yeah, I mean, like you, you talk about their core. I mean, Kucherov's 29, points mm-hmm. 26. Yeah. Uh, Stamkos, Klorner, 32, but Nick Paul's 27. Brandon Hagel's 23. Ross Colton's 25. Um, you know, defense-wise, Mikhail Sergachev's still only 24. Chernak's 25. Yeah. Cal Foote's only 23. Uh, you got Philip Myers in that Nashville trade for Ryan McDonough. He's twenty five. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so I mean, their core and, and look as long as you have Andre Vasilevsky there. Yeah, you got a chance. <laughs> yeah, and and the other thing we learned too is that Anthony Sorelli and Zach Bogosian are going to start the season on IR. They had both had shoulder surgeries, probably not available till late November, December. Mm. So we do know that they're going to have you know some. Some uh, there's going to be some opportunities for young guys to make right. a mark early on because we know one of their top six defensemen and one of their top centers is going to be out to start the season. So right. So you talk about like a Cal Foot or somebody like that. that well, might... Cal Foot will get more time, but this you know can Philip Myers or Hayden Flurry make the team right. as far as defense? You know Alex mm-hmm. Barry Boulay or right. does uh, you know some of the young guys down in Syracuse Cole Kepke? You know mm-hmm. do they get a look in, in training camp? And there's going you know there's even if you're not going to necessarily be there for the whole season, you got opportunities to to make the team out of camp. You know, so if you're Chaikovich or Cole Kepke or Grant Mismatch, who came over from Nashville and has, has played a little bit in the NHL, um, you know, these guys have an opportunity to make the roster come training camp. So, um, you know, that's all competition's always a good thing. Yeah. Well, we'll wrap it up on this. Uh, it was the Open at uh, St. Andrews, the 150th. I guess. And, you know, uh, first of all, I like the Open because I can get up in the morning and watch this tournament and it ends like around 3 o'clock, which is awesome. I do, lo- I do love that. I like, I, I like watching Premier League soccer on Saturday yeah. mornings. And, and, it's cool. You know, I like those early games and they're over early. Yeah, it's very cool. Well, I mean, everybody was rooting from Ireland, Rory McIlroy. And he came in with a, uh, a, a two-shot lead obviously, uh, him and Victor Holland, and they were in the final group. Um, but it was Cam, it was the Camerons. Cameron Smith, who went nuts 
in terms of he shot a 64, final round 64, uh, 20 under par, which ties a uh, Grand Slam event record. PG, I think it ties uh, what Tiger Woods did. Um, and then Cameron Young, uh, I think he eagled on 18. He sneaks in at, at second place with 19 under. And then, of course, Roy McIlroy, who played really well. Here's the thing I saw on um, on Twitter, you know, because that's where you get all your all your good insights, right? Uh, people were saying that, well, Roy, did Rory choke? Um, he went two no. under today. Yeah. Two I under mean, at a he, major in a final round is a good score. Up two shots and you shoot two under. Like, if he if he shot 78, yeah, okay. You know, now, did he did he make many putts? No, he didn't. He didn't putt well at all. He had chances. He hit most of the greens in regulation, and he had chances to, to roll some in, and he didn't do it. But you know what? He played, uh, I think, a bogey-free round of golf with a two-shot lead. But the other dude went crazy. He made I mean, five just, straight bogeys. Cam Smith made five straight bogeys from 10th through 14. Birdies, yeah. Or birdies, yeah. birdies, birdies. Yeah, incredible. And, 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 I mean, if you watch this guy putt, he was money. And, and that's what you need, you know, because you're not going to get a lot of – I mean, you're just not going to get a lot of three-foot birdie putts, right, on, 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 except on the par fives. But this guy was draining everything. And, when, you know, when a dude goes out and shoots 64 to win the British Open – on Sunday, when he's when he's trailing, you know, in, in the next to last group, you just you just shake his hand, man. Like, and I feel for Rory because I didn't realize how long it had been. I mean, it it's been a, a good long time since he won his last major, two thousand and fourteen, uh, at at the PGA, I believe. And obviously, the you know the entire continent was rooting for him, and so you know Vic, Victor Hovland and some of those guys were were really getting the. Uh, uh, you know, the reverse of that. Um, but this dude, the other thing you love about him is the mullet, right? When's the last time we saw an Aussie with a mullet? Do, with a do we really love the mullet? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Come on. I mean, he's got kind of a Randy Johnson, and he's not the most, you know, maybe the most marquee uh, looks guy. But, I mean, come on, man. That's just something different, you know? Yeah. How about the so, Ovation Tiger got? Oh, that was – listen, can we just – of course, what was it about – Five years ago when we were doing this podcast, he will never <laughs> win another golf tournament. He will never win another major. And he went on to win Masters, of course. I think, tell me I'm wrong, I think that's the last open tournament in, in Great Britain we will see of Tiger Woods. I don't think he's going to be wherever they are next year, a Royal Troon or something. I don't know. Oh, I think he plays next year. You think he plays next year? Yeah, I, I don't think he plays at St. Andrews again because the next time is, I think, 2030. So you just think it's saying it? I mean, he, Let me ask you he this. even said, he goes, look, this is probably my last one here. Because okay. I'm going to play more Opens. But okay. I, don't, so I don't think I'll play here again. Cause it's, didn't it it's feel eight years like, though, now. the way he played, didn't it kind of feel like this may be it? Like, we may not. He Like, do you really want to see him play the Masters well, again? But, but but is he hurt? Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, can he get better? I mean, you, you know, he's hurt. I don't I mean, know. I don't think he's ever going to be what he was. No, one – you know, he doesn't Father play. Enough. My thing all. is like he can't physically play enough right. to be good anymore. Like well, he's not right now, but in the next six months or year, can he get rest, treatment, therapy? I don't know. Yeah, but I'm not. I'm not willing to sit there and say because he's hurt now and doesn't play well now that he'll never play well again. Mm-hmm. I mean, will he ever be what he was ten years ago? No. Can he? Can he win a major again? I doubt it. Mm-hmm. But how hurt is he? And 
and and how hurt is he? How how much better can he get, hurt wise? You know, we know he's hurting. Yeah. Will it will it get better, or is this the best it's going to be, and it's just going to get worse from here? I, I can't tell you that. Only his doctors would know that. I mean, I know he loves to be out there, and he's never going to play like a a, a very you know robust PGA schedule. He's going to limit mm-hmm. it pretty much to the Grand Slams, I think. I just think when you don't play enough, you're not going to be good enough. And I don't know how much he practices and all that, but just watching him, like somebody said the other day that the dude had like his ankle fused to his calf or something like that. Like some, like, like physically he's, he's clearly not the same guy. He's very fortunate to be alive. Number one, number two, that he didn't lose his leg and -hmm. that he can play golf at all. So we're, you know, all those things are blessings as far as he's concerned. But I don't, it's kind of, it, it's starting to have, at least this weekend it did, it's starting to have this Willie Mays playing for the Mets, right? With the time, I think it was only like 39, but it looked like he was 69. Um, but it's starting to have this feel like, yeah, I don't remember Tiger this way. I, I you know, it I may don't. be, but, but let's, let's equate it to an athlete in town that shocked us all this year, Steven Stamkos. That's true. Weren't we writing him off? A year ago, two years ago, three two years, years ago. Two years ago I was, yeah. yeah. And, and we said, oh, he'll never be the same. He'll never be great again. And he and went out and put out the year. most points in his career. Yeah. I mean, you know, he finally was healthy. Now, like I said, is Tiger Woods ever going to be 100% healthy after that accident? Probably not. Can he be healthier than he is now? I hope so. Yeah. Well, he's you know. way closer to 50 than he is to 30, let's be honest. Well, sure, sure. And, and yeah, age is part of that, too. But yeah. what I'm saying is when you start judging people when they're hurt playing and saying they're never going to be back again, right. there's a lot of things that we don't know that are going to impact that. you know. And some of it is can they actually get healthier than what they are on right. their injuries? How much effort are they putting into training, therapy, et cetera? You mm. know, as Steven Samko said, look, there's a difference between rehabbing and training. Absolutely. And he finally got to train in an offseason, and we see what it did. Right. You right. know, is Tiger Woods still rehabbing, and can he ever get past rehabbing and get back to training again? Yeah, I, I don't. Well, his, I don't know. His back surgeries were pretty much enough to almost knock him out of the game the first time, and then you compound that, which mm-hmm. is still there with with what he's experiencing with the leg, which is clearly not giving him the flexibility and the and the stamina that he that he once had to go out there and walk the course. But I don't know. It it, it sort of took on a melancholy feel when he was walking up eighteen. Um, at St. Andrews, quite a moment, but uh, I was just kind of like, hmm. I liked how they all stopped and let him cross the bridge himself. Yeah, that was cool. Well, you know, some of the guys that were playing with him were like, they were tweeting about it. I was like, dude, one guy didn't make the cut. He goes, I know I didn't make the cut. He goes, that was the coolest thing I've ever experienced in golf. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, it's worth it. You know, I played like, I played like dog, but you know, so what? I get to, I get to play with Tiger Woods and walk and watch him walk across 18 at, at uh, St. Andrews. So, uh, that was pretty funny. So we got a big week coming up. We are, like we said, just uh, T minus uh, what the twenty seventh is. That we're ten days away eight from the days, first or nine, nine, nine days, nine days away. That's right. Tomorrow is the eighteenth. Uh, we're nine days away from the Bucks' first uh, training camp workout. I think the rookies come in next Wednesday. I want to say no. I think it's um, a Saturday, isn't it? The twenty third. Is it this Saturday? Christ, I don't know. I've been on vacation. <laughs> I've had COVID. Listen, everything's happening to me lately. I, you know. It could be any time. I'll be out there whenever they say to go. Um, but, yeah, we, we, we are basically, my life is over. I'm back at work. Uh, the kids aren't at school, so that sucks. But oh, They'll uh, be back before we know it, too. That's three weeks away. 
I know. I know. I'm counting the days, the hours almost, believe yeah, me. See, the I love first my workout's children. the 27th. Two weeks later, the kids are back in school. Yeah, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. And next next Wednesday, I want to say my wife might be taking them to Chicago, which is even better. Um, have a little little bit of work time to uh, to concentrate on the Bucks full time. Anyway, before we go, uh, just remember uh, to call our folks at May Electric Solar. If you're looking to save some money on your electric bills and who's not this time of year, um, they guarantee their labor for 30 years with a service warranty. Uh, plus, with every install, you get $750 worth of surge protection for all your appliances. That's the main difference. Uh, start saving today. Call the energy solar energy experts at May Electric Solar at 727-819-2862 and schedule a free estimate and lower your electric bill all year long. Thanks for listening. First Steve Burstick, I'm Rick Stroud, the Tampa Bay Times. Have a great day, everybody. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.